Guys, this is Rusty Osborne from the Losing Weight Podcast and Find Your Total Health, helping men lose weight for good. And if you want to leverage your message to gain deeper influence and build a lasting legacy, you got to be listening to Stories That Sell with my good friend, Scott Ramage. You have the knowledge, the experience, and the talent needed to succeed. But in the day and age we live in, skill is not enough. Your story is the most powerful tool in your arsenal. This show will help you tap into that resource and learn how to leverage your message to gain deeper influence and build a lasting legacy. Tune in each week as thought leaders, entrepreneurs, and authors share how they built empires on the backs of their story. You're listening to Stories That Sell with your host, Scott Ramage. Hey, on this episode of Stories That Sell, I interview Rusty Osborne. Rusty helps men lose weight for good. He started his company, Find Your Total Health, to help people live their healthiest and most fulfilling lives and is on a mission to end obesity. He is also the host of Losing Weight Podcast, bringing the information and motivation to get healthy and stay that way. I've actually been on his podcast. It was loads of fun, so definitely want to check this out. Uh, and I hope you enjoy the show. Hey, before we get started, imagine having a team of virtual assistants helping you out with everything from scheduling appointments, nurturing leads, processing payments, sending out marketing emails, creating content, managing your social media accounts, and so much more. VAs for Gyms is here to make sure your business runs as smoothly as possible so that you can focus on what matters most, serving your clients. We offer a wide range of services that will completely run your business and give you the one thing everyone is limited on, more time. Check out our website at www.vasforgyms.com. That's V-A-S-F-O-R gyms.com and book an appointment to find out more. Hey, hey, Rusty. Welcome to the show, man. Thanks, Gus. Thanks for having me. I appreciate it. This is going to be fun because I got to be a, a guest on your podcast and now we're turning the tables and I've been really looking forward to this. So um, your podcast, Losing Weight with Rusty Osborne. And did I say your name right? Yes, sir. Okay. And what I love about yours is does your podcast cover have you like singing into a broccoli spear? <laughs> exactly. Yeah. I think this is, I wanted to use that as a way to kind of introduce you because I think it's a great way to kind of like encompass a little bit of who you are about what I know about you. So did you come up with that idea? <laughs> I was uh, having a photo shoot to get some more content and stuff put together. And I had been kind of too serious during the photo shoot. And then I grabbed the broccoli that they wanted me to like hold and pose with. And I was just kind of feeling pent up. So I was like yelling at it. Uh, and they got that photo and it was just the most authentically me photo that we got out of the whole day. So <laughs> yeah, that's awesome. That's awesome. That's a, that's a good person doing a shoot is kind of like, okay, what do we do to get this person cut loose and get, get the real, the real rusty. So you're, <laughs> you've been a musician. So I, I want to hear your story. I want to know where you come from and uh, kind of your journey as you've gone along and doing what you are doing today. Yeah, definitely. So there's been a, a few different iterations of Rusty Osborne at this point. Uh, I think of childhood Rusty who uh, got obese and stupid 
and then lost a little bit of weight after high school, but I really got into this like complacency and, and that turned to, to be a really shitty pattern that I've lived with a long time. Um, just coming from middle-class white background, nothing special, uh, millennial. I didn't think that I was one of those entitled millennials until recently and looking back seeing like, Oh, Oh, I see what you guys were talking about. I like, why did, why did anybody give me that damn, like, uh, what do they call it? The consolation trophies. They, they should have thrown that out. Right. But, uh, so going from there to being a full-time musician, I was honestly just, I wasn't the best musician out of my friends. I wasn't great on any account, but I persisted. So while out, out of getting out of high school, a lot of my friends went to better colleges and got different jobs and they had more success like that, I decided, hey, I want to be a musician. I'm just going to play music. I'm going to figure this out. I did go to college for a bit as well, community college and then a music business college. So I learned some stuff behind it, but really I ended up just partying and playing music for like 10 years. I was just obese, playing all the time. I finally got good. And really the, the moral of the part of the story, which I'm sure we'll touch on, is that I just persisted even though I wasn't that great, I just stuck at it way longer than anybody. And I got good enough that I was full-time. And that was a huge piece. And through that, when I was playing nonstop, like eight nights a week, plus teaching guitar lessons, I was successful enough. It was fine, but I was so freaking busy and I got obese and I was drinking every single night way too much uh, till I was fed up with it and finally figured out the health thing, which took years to figure out. But now that I figured that out, I dropped 85 pounds, put on 25 pounds of muscle. I feel amazing. I look great. Uh, I've got tons of energy nonstop. And so now we're helping other people do the same thing. So yeah, that's you, kind of where we're at now. You do look great. And I, I mean that. I remember when I first kind of heard about you because we were in a in the same group, a, a business group. And first hearing about, you know, weight loss and musician. I mean, you're, you're very healthy. And, you know, sometimes... People, they've lost a lot of weight and you can, you can tell. And so, um, that's, that's really cool. But you mentioned earlier, you struggled, you, you were a little overweight when you were a child. Mm -hmm. So why, why do you think it was DNA? Do you think it was the food you're eating? Like, yeah, no, great question. And I think this is something, so it's a big question that we got to ask ourselves. Right. And there's no, I'm not upset or blaming anybody, but as far as the facts are concerned, our family was living the low fat, high carb lifestyle, the things we thought were healthy, uh, the whole grain cereals. And we never really brought junk food cereals into the house. But man, like I just ate a lot of the quote unquote healthy foods, drinking like skim milk all the time. One percent, maybe two percent if we're getting crazy. And like I was still just fat. My parents wanted the best for me as parents do, but it still didn't really work out. And they just I remember asking my mom a while ago and she's like, well, we just kind of thought it was cute that you ate so much. <laughs> <laughs> and every meal was a competition. Me and my brother would be eating next to each other. I had to eat more turkey than him on Thanksgiving. And like every single meal was like that. And one major piece of this was, remember, I kind of mentioned that complacency and I never was really good at anything. Eating was the one thing I was fucking great at. I had control over it. Uh, other people were like, wow, look how much he ate which was the only like real validation I got for something I did for myself. So it just played into this pattern of feedback. Well, they think I'm cool when I eat more. So I'm going to eat more because I want people to think I'm cool. And that was my only skill. When did you get that realization? 
Did you realize it at that time? You know, sometimes we do things, we don't really understand the motivation or how it started. When did you kind of make that connection that food related a little bit to my identity is what you're saying? It did huge. And I don't know when I really realized I knew back then that uh, I wanted to be the fatter kid because at least I was something. So I remember uh, in, I believe it was fourth grade. One of my friends said, man, I'm, I'm up to 175 pounds now. And I was pissed because I was only like 160. Wow. It's like, really? In fourth grade? So that's when I, it triggered in my brain, like, oh, I wanted to be the fattest guy because then at least I was the best at something. And so I knew on some level back then, but I didn't stop it. I never stopped completely over consuming at every meal, every opportunity I got until really just a couple of years ago. It's so funny how strong identity and what we do and how we're seen plays into some of the underlying habits that we create early on and carry through. So you, you basically had that from, I mean, you mentioned fourth grade, so you've had this for that mindset or that, that mentality and habit for a, for a long time. Did you have like this big moment where this has got to change? I mean, let's talk about that big aha moment. <laughs> I really wish there was just one, man. <laughs> like, <laughs> I, you know, you could, I heard someone say like, you know, rock bottom isn't just like one moment. It's hitting rock bottom, getting your face dragged across the bottom floor. And how many, how long do you want to be on that rock bottom floor until you figure it out? You know, just right. keep bouncing across the bottom. So yeah, I mean, I had plenty of times there was, uh, my 21st birthday when I brought, a, you know, I got to the bar and they, we were playing a show that night because I was a full-time musician, right? And right. that's when they found out that I was turning 21 and I'd already been playing there for a few years. So it's that kind of story. And so they're like, oh, okay. But they put the party together. They had a big old thing of spaghetti for me because spaghetti was my favorite meal. Uh, one of the rock bottom things from that night was stealing the last bit of spaghetti from one of my friends because I'm like, it's my birthday. I should have that. And I already had like 14 plates. And he showed up to just say happy birthday. Why did I do that? The next morning, we had a gig at a golf course at a country club, and I had to be up at 7 a.m. or something. I wake up to my bandmates coming in my room and moving the covers off me, and there's just vomited spaghetti around me. Oh. And, like, I could have died. And I was throwing up behind my amplifier at the gig that day because I was so hungover. And, yeah, of course, you know, you can say, hey, it's your 21st birthday, but that should have been a sign. Yeah. And guess what? I went drinking again. <laughs> like, why did that not work? Years later, after I start figuring out, okay, I want to get into fitness. I want to be healthy because I'm just tired of being fat. I start walking, running, half marathons, full marathons, ultra marathons. And with all that, I only lose like 25 pounds. I had a personal trainer too. I'm doing all the health nutrition advice that every expert says, and I'm hardly losing weight. I'm still obese. And one night right near the end of that period, playing another gig, got just beyond wasted again. Made plenty of stupid decisions. Uh, at one point, I remember there's cops everywhere. I should have been arrested. I should have been in terrible trouble multiple times that night. I wake up the next morning. My bass guitar is missing. I don't know where it is. I don't know how I got home. I It's not even my bass guitar. I borrowed it from someone because he's like, here, this would be better for that gig. I'm like, yeah, you're right. Let's do that. And it's this custom expensive-ass bass and I'm going around town all day trying to find it, and I can't find it anywhere. Finally, that night, I'm coming home after all day of searching, and it's by my front door because my neighbor's like, oh, you left it by your garage last night, so I brought it up for you, and I had no clue. So that was finally the one where it's like, okay, Osborne, 
you got to get your shit together. Yeah. And it was, that was heavy with one caveat though. During the day I kept saying, Osborne, get your shit together. I see the bass guitar. Oh, it's here. Awesome. Let's celebrate. Nikki, let's go get some beers. Let's go get some burgers. Let's go party. After I swore off drinking the rest of my life, like an hour earlier. So there was a massive problem in my brain because I, after that whole day of hell, still wanted to go party. I didn't this time. Thank God. That was the last in a huge line of rock bottoms that really should have shown me that overconsumption needs to stop. Yeah. Yeah. I think that's such a good point is that you usually fall and then it's kind of like, you know, the comedy where a guy falls and then eight other things hit him within the next minute. Right. That's really how failure is rock bottom or, or what happens very infrequently do we have this one single thing that leads to everything else? Mm-hmm. Yeah. So let's, let's rewind back. When did you get into music and you know, why did you get into music? Yeah. Uh, essentially I remember third, fourth grade, they had us play in the recorders in elementary school and I was just a little better than the other people around me. So that was one piece of it, you know? So if you're naturally have a little bit of talent, people notice it, then you start to get better. So there was finally, something I could latch on to that I was at least a little better than other people at, right? Because I was always just getting my ass kicked in every video game, every sport. I was just garbage as a kid. <laughs> and so as I start to get better there, uh, then in right after fifth grade, I'm crawling around my parents' room and I find a guitar case underneath their bed. I'm like, dad, what's this? So he pulls it out, shows me some chords. Next day we go buy my first guitar and oh my God, life changed that day, 110%. Like that was revolutionary every day I'm playing for years because I was just a little more talented than the other people. My brother turns out actually was just as good or better than me at learning faster, but he gave up and went back to playing video games and I stuck with it. So even though I wasn't the best, I still persisted. And so because of that, I was always decent. I always did well enough to get me to continue going on. So it was part of my identity at that point. Like we talked about identity. I was a musician who could eat more than you. (laughs) And that was rusty in a nutshell for years, for years. And so after high school, um, because I was playing a ton in school, started a band with the intention of let's make money playing music. And that's just kind of the way it went. We got the band going, started growing, playing gigs, playing more gigs, bigger gigs, different stuff, uh, making a decent income with that, teaching guitar lessons on the side as well then joined a bigger a bigger better band and then we were playing holy crap like eight gigs a week plus 40 hours of guitar lessons it was insane so it was fun i made it that's the day that i decided the day i quit my last job and was full-time musician it was like cool life accomplished (laughs) like i made it in life and everything else on uh, from here on out is icing on the cake yeah that brings me to a really um something that's really on my mind like hey you made it and now I, i don't know if you're are you okay well are you, are you practicing musicians still? Are you in a band? Do you do any of that work? So the bands are still going. Uh, they're called Those Guys and Redneck Rodeo. Love them to death. Awesome. They're still rolling. But my wife and I, after the pandemic and there were no more gigs, once that started, uh, we packed up and left. And so I still play on my own. I sing the songs I feel like when I feel like it. It's no longer my job. Okay. So it's uh, and like it was my absolute passion. I loved it so much. It just wasn't that level of fulfillment that I got when I started helping people with their health. Yes. So, what this big decision, I mean, the pandemic really helped a lot of people 
it helped people solidify new great things, yeah. help them solidify what they're doing, or they pretty much crumbled and, and, you know, kind of went with another route just be out of necessity. You picked up and moved into your van basically. And if, if you're not watching this right now, Rusty is in a tent, which is his, his office, right? So he's got his podcast mic sitting, he's in a tent. The Actually, the weather looks incredible. So is would you call this like a life by design? Is this how you want it to be right now? Essentially, yeah. We uh, When I saw the things shutting down a bit with music and gigs, and I had already had this business started and going, helping people, I and I knew that I really wanted to focus in more here. So when the pandemic hit, it just kind of solidified, like you said, like it solidified a decision. Okay, yes, I do want to play. However, I want to do this so much more. I've always wanted to just be out traveling while working. And uh, I got to do a lot of that with the band, but not as much adventuring, seeing the sights, spending time with my wife, because we were apart a lot when I was traveling with the band. So right. this definitely was something I'd always wanted to do. And the opportunity presented itself. So I said, well, let's go. <laughs> Why not? So you'd started coaching um, people in their health prior to quitting the band. Yeah. <laughs> so funny. Yeah. So, it's so funny saying quitting the band. But yeah. Right? So <laughs> how long had you been had? Well, how did you get started in healthy, you know, coaching health? Uh, essentially, it was a mix of, I mean, my own journey. I needed to figure out my own things and get healthy myself. And being in the band, I'd be on stage and uh, playing these gigs after I lost a ton of weight. And people would come up to me and say, wow, man, you lost so much weight. How did you do it? And I would tell them. And then they'd say, oh, I can't do that. And I'd say, like, what do you mean? Like, if I could do it and I'm busier than anybody I knew, I was fatter and drunker than anybody I knew. <laughs> I was mm -hmm. such a, a mess on that level and I made it happen. So why can't you? And because I had that conversation too many times, I started helping the people that actually wanted to listen. So informally giving tips or tricks or saying, here, try that. And then started informally kind of helping some people a little bit more. And so there would be more direct conversation. And then one day I said, hell, let's just post on the internet. I'm going to coach people who wants help. And so started the business. And uh, that was January 1st, 2019. Oh, wow. Yeah. So it's been, you know, two and a half years now and a, a little over a year of nothing but coaching. Wow. So, yeah, it's been a man, it's been a ride. But it really came down to I really wanted to help people. And I didn't understand why these people weren't helping themselves if they had the tools to do so. So that's where it's like, okay, people have to be ready, A. B, they have to have the mindset to change and be willing to take the actions necessary to actually change internally on a physical and uh, mental, emotional level. Right, right. So what's the biggest challenge? You, you mentioned something that's really, really important to identify. People have the resources to lose weight. What does Rusty do that where the magic happens? Or, you know, you, you've always talked about persistence. So you, obviously I'm thinking that your continual persistence through life was part of your personal success. So let's talk a little bit about persistence before we jump into that other part. Like, when did you start really getting persistent? When was that like your edge? Yeah, um, I was working. So this was probably right after high school. Uh, so during college, I was working at some batting cages really you know high level job guys <laughs> it was the big time i got a raise to nine dollars and 48 cents man i was making it um so i remember sitting there and just like looking at myself like you're still this fat 
Mm. And so I just downloaded a couple apps on my new iPhone that I had just gotten. And like one was my fitness pal. There was another one called fit. Like, I don't know what to do. Like there's apps for this shit. Right. So let's download it. Essentially I start walking more because I heard exercise was good. I start eating less and I just felt worse. So that sucked. Uh, (laughs) So that's not the way that I roll anymore. Um, Then my buddy Mark and I attempted to hike from Canada to Mexico and we both were just kind of out of shape and fat. So we got injured and failed within uh, two or twice in two months. So that was super fun. But when we got home, just speaking of the persistence, I kept walking, but just around my neighborhood instead of on a trail from Canada to Mexico. Mm -hmm. So I kept walking, started running. And that kind of plays into that story I told earlier of, I started doing all the things everyone should say, or everyone says you should do to the point where I'm running 40 mile ultra marathons up and down the three biggest mountains in Southern California, injuring myself and still fat. So I persisted. I said, yeah, that and did nutrition instead. And it, it worked. So, yeah. So how did you muddle your way through the world of nutrition? Oh God. So (laughs) it was rough. Um, starting with doing what the experts say you should do, especially in the athletic books, because I was running a lot. I was working out a ton. So you should eat the you know whole wheat bread with bananas and peanut butter. So wake up two hours before you got to go to your marathon tomorrow morning. And uh, so I'd set an alarm for 4 a.m., plow down some food, and then go back to sleep for a bit, drive to the marathon and start running. Like stuff like that, that obviously doesn't make sense. Like that, that is not right. right. But I did it because the experts said it should work. I'm eating six meals a day. I'm eating one meal a day. I'm, I'm trying these different things. And it just, I essentially had to experiment over and over and over and over and over until we figured out what worked. Mm-hmm. So luckily we had family members that had already done a similar thing. So they revolutionized their health on a nutritional level through elimination diets and really understanding which foods work for you, which foods don't work for you because every single person on this earth is different. Yes, there are general principles, However, we do each have our unique set of DNA, microbiome, uh, emotional attachments to food like spaghetti. Uh, There's so many different things that play into this. So I had to figure out through a long process of trial and error what worked for me and what didn't. So now that's what we do with our clients as well as a major piece of it is to walk them through that process on a very condensed timeline so they don't have to waste nearly as much time as I did and skip all those mistakes. But it was long, it was arduous, and by the time we figured it out, I mean, I can eat four or 5,000 calories a day and not gain weight. I was melting off fat at that level without exercising. It was ridiculous. Yeah, so you were, you were your own test kitchen, and it was a long process. Yeah. What's your biggest challenge with, with uh, clients right now, helping them lose weight? The biggest challenge is definitely not what to do. Because that's the easy part. Now that we've got a process that works, it's so like you come in, here's the blueprint. If you follow it, you lose weight. Happens every time. We've never had a failure. Mm. And you follow this process and it works. However, you have to follow the process. And that is always the hardest part. Because even in these clients, they're amazing. They're super open, honest, accountable with me. And they'll say, I don't know why I went face first into cake last night. I didn't want to but I did. And so it's these underlying patterns that we have that are really tough to get past sometimes. So that's probably the biggest challenge is really helping them comply with what they say they want. Cause I know they want it deep down. They do. And we talk about it all the time, but we do still have these patterns that throw us back on our goals. Yeah. Yeah. I, it's funny. Cause when we were recording your podcast, 
I kind of had an aha moment. Like, why do I always eat after, like have problems after 6, 5 p.m., whatever? Because the, the day is dialed in. Day is like clockwork. And it's it's so funny just kind of taking some time, reflecting and looking at the triggers, long-standing habits and um, mostly triggers. Seems like triggers are a big one. So you started this kind of this health business. Was it where you wanted it to be right away or Let's talk about the, like the process from, Hey, I'm a health coach now to I'm on, I'm living on the road with my wife, completely independent of, you know, being somewhere at a certain time other than maybe some scheduled calls. Well, first off, like it's a blast. It is not all sunshine and rainbows because every beautiful picture still has its dark side. Like, uh, I like to call it a shit sandwich. Like no matter what, <laughs> you're going to have awesome stuff, but there's always some shit sandwiched in between. Like, it's just the way life is. You know, yeah. the grass is greener where you water it. So this life is amazing. We've got everything we want in life. Uh, but sometimes business doesn't always flow how we want it to. Right. I genuinely am here to help at the best level that I can. Um, but I never had the skills to run a business before. Right. So starting from when I first started charging, you know, almost zero dollars to help people make changes to now where we can enroll consistently. Sometimes it happens. Sometimes it doesn't. And that's OK. Like we're fine. It's still this, uh, the ups and downs. And just the one thing that I keep reflecting on is I've got the persistence. I know that it takes me years to get where I want to be. So even when I have a shit month again, that's okay. Like we got this. It took me years to get healthy. It took me years to get good at bass guitar. It took me years to get decent at surfing. And because I know that it's just a really long ramp for me, I know that persistence is the key. So to answer your question a little more directly, uh, it started off shit. We've had some great months. We've had some shit months and they go back and forth. Yeah. So I'm not going to like, I'd love to say that business is always awesome. Right. The only thing that is consistent is we get awesome results for every client that comes in and we do our absolute best to help them to the utmost level that we can. Yeah. Entrepreneurship, owning your own business is, I, I, I say it's probably having done a lot of different things, having had a career, have a master's degree, you know, doing, checking all the check boxes. But I would say it's probably the biggest roller coaster of emotion that most people will go through. I think as an entrepreneur, there's huge wins and there's huge highs and you feel like the world's on your, you know, in your palm. And then there's like literally could be the next day and you feel like the world is completely on your shoulders and oh, yeah. you're like, how am I going to do this? I'm alone. No one's, you know, no one understands on the road. Is that, do you think that helps being when you're on the road helps kind of working through that or hurts that process? It's a combination because we all know that you're the average of the five people you hang out with most. Your yeah. environment dictates your reality. These things are so critical to any growth path, right? Obviously, like now I'm a health expert. I get it. My environment is set up for health. I've got a standing desk. There's no sugar anywhere around me. Like I know my pieces of my environment that really help me crush it health-wise. So business-wise, when I was back home before we moved, I was surrounded by a lot of people that uh, aren't entrepreneurs. I had a lot of musician friends. I had a lot of drinking friends from, the, from those days. I had a lot of uh, network like that but really hardly anyone who's really wanting to go for it at the highest levels as an entrepreneur. And so leaving that was really helpful to get my focus here in this business. How do we help as many people as possible and not get people saying like, well, why don't you just like lower your prices and, you know, uh, just charge like 20 bucks per person. <laughs> 
<laughs> you know, you, you have you ever run a, a health business? Have you ever run a coach? Have you ever run any business? <laughs> like, right. let's, you're not the one I'm going to listen to on this advice. And I love you for wanting to help. Thank you. However, I needed a different environment. So I've got like, we met through coaches, right? Yeah. That we hired to help us. So being in mastermind groups is wildly helpful, but I'm also not physically near any entrepreneur. So it's me and my wife and we love each other. We support each other. We do our absolute best to, uh, to create an environment of success. It's still, uh, I do feel like we're lacking that level of connection to other entrepreneurs. So I can see how do they work? What's their work ethic like? What are they doing? What is their day structured like? And just the little in-between conversations that you might have at an office. I'm assuming I've had an office job for like three months once and I quit because it sucked. But <laughs> you know, I, I do want to get more into that. So you know, the environment, this particular environment does have its ups because there's nobody bringing me down except for myself sometimes. Right. But there's no one else right around me to bring me up either except for my wife, but she does a great job. But you know, I think this is a great conversation that we need to have about being an entrepreneur because there is very, very infrequently a group of entrepreneurs you can just be within proximity of. Now the, the exception to this is if you like live in downtown Dallas or live in downtown Portland or, well, I don't know that you'd want to live in downtown Portland, Oregon anymore, but, <laughs> or, you know, a, a major, a major city where there are entrepreneurial groups, there's entrepreneurial buildings where you can go and, you know, co-work and share ideas. I've, I've seen these places. I've heard people talk about them, but really it's a lonely journey. It has to be done virtually. And I think I look back at my business experiences. I've owned two brick and mortar businesses. I've owned a couple web-based businesses and they were successful in their own right. But I look back and I'm thinking I could have multiplied my value to the community. I could have you know, multiplied my impact and also multiplied my revenue had I just been surrounding myself with other successful entrepreneurs who maybe had or were on the way to what I wanted. And I look back and I'm like, man, I did this wrong and I did this wrong and I did this wrong. And then we started in this, the same group. And actually the first person I kind of partnered with was my business partner. And it was like a, cause he was a mentor. So for me, it was like the world completely opened up to, wow, you don't have to do this alone and learn every mistake on your own. So you with traveling, you have no like personal contact, like physical closeness, uh, are you still involved in a, in masterminds? Like, what does that look like for you? And what do you suggest to business owners right now? It might be listening to this and are, are like, I can't afford the X amount per month to, to get a coach. Yeah. Great questions, man. So the first thing is I, if I believed, which I did that I couldn't afford the coach, I would still, I wouldn't, I would never have quit the band. I would not be on the road. I wouldn't, or if I was, it's because I would just accidentally have been homeless. Like there is no way <laughs> that I would be doing this if I stuck with that belief. Cause it is ultimately a belief right. and beliefs can be broken. Like we believe the earth was flat. We now are pretty damn sure that it's round. So <laughs> let's go ahead and stick with that belief. Cause it helps us. And same way I broke through my belief of, I can't afford that to, I can't afford not to get help because I don't know what I'm doing. Yeah. So in the first, uh, like high ticket thing I en enrolled in was, I want to say it was like a three month thing for 1500 bucks. 
and it was okay. It was it was nothing fancy, but what it really did was it broke my belief of what's possible, right? That was the best value of that was, oh shit, when I invest at a higher level like that, which I mean, that's not even high anymore, like that broke my uh, mindset into thinking, oh crap, if I paid that much, I have to make it back. So I put in extra work. I did as much learning as possible. I took as much action as possible as a result of just paying the money, let alone the coaching, which was good, but it wasn't like over and above. Right. So then the next time that uh, I decided to get a coach, which was with high impact coaching where we met, they, you know, it's definitely more money and holy crap, did I break like that night that I invested, my brain shifted. The next three days, I was a different man on stage. I was a different man in my relationships. I was a different man spiritually because I broke through this subconscious pile of crap that said I'm not worth investing in. And yeah. that alone, just that investment changed my life. And the coaching has been unbelievable. It's been awesome. Like we break through so many different levels to increase the business, increase uh, yourself so you can grow enough to handle a bigger business. So absolutely critical. Uh, and so I still am, I'm actually paused with them for just a month or two. Cause I just felt like going solo for a minute to see, I haven't done that in a long time. Right. So what's it, what's it like to fly solo? Turns out I still have a ton of friends from the group that I get to talk to. So it's essentially, I have my mastermind group, my people that I go for, for advice. And then I am also working with uh, another coach, Joe Marku. If anybody needs help with uh, sales objections, which isn't just for enrolling people or for getting people to buy, but for helping your clients more effectively, which has been awesome. That compliance thing that we were talking about. Right. Man. Whoa. Game changer for that, for people that already enrolled. So huge uh, shout out to Joe, because he's totally revolutionized my confidence, my abilities in this business. So uh, yeah, so I work with him once a week and I'm going back to high impact coaching next month. And I have my sights set on other programs and coaches and things that are just part of the plan. And I, I, yeah, the last piece just to tie on. Uh, sorry, I am also very caffeinated, so I'm stoked right now. Dude, <laughs> I love it. Let's go. <laughs> let's go. Let's go. Yeah. The last thing is I just uh, just read the book Profit First. I wish I read that a long time ago. People, if you haven't read Profit First, read it. I've got a separate account that I'm uh, I actually am opening it up today specifically where a percentage of all of my revenue goes towards investing in new coaches, yeah. no matter what X percent. I have to double check what the percentage was. I'm, I'm not an A student all the time, guys. I apologize, but I know that that amount of money is going towards new coaches because every time I invest, I up level immediately upon right. payment, which is crazy. And then I up level again from the coaching itself. Woo. This is good. Here's why. Behind me on that bookshelf is Profit First. Yeah. I just finished, we, you know, we've been running this business and our, our business, my business partner and I are running this and just kind of you fly by the city of your pants when it's growing fast and things are happening and you're just trying to get operations. We're like, we got to implement Profit This Just got off a two and a half hour uh, phone call, setting up the accounts, getting everything dialed in. Hey, this is going to taxes. This is going to payroll. This is going to ops. This, you know, yeah. all those things. So I would highly recommend um, Profit First, and I know you're going to just crush it with that because that's exactly what it is. is make sure that you're profiting. That's the first thing that comes out, and then you can allocate for other things. I kind of equate it to the old, um, but better. I, I equate it to the old envelope system where you put cash in certain envelopes, but you, you know, it's literally getting different bank accounts, which I fought tooth and nail. But uh, we got so much vision 
into our business when we stepped into that. It was like, whoa, like you really understand things. It's not just looking at a PL. It's not just like, hey, I have money. I'm going to go buy this. No, there's a certain day you're going to buy that because that's going to make sure that the money's there and it's allocated correctly and you, you're pulling it from where it needs to be pulled. So I'm really excited for you to dive into that, brother. That's really cool. Not easy, but nothing good is easy. Like, I, I just don't believe it is. Oh, some stuff is, but <laughs> <laughs> yeah. So this, will you ever go without a coach ever again? I don't think so, man. Unless it's a very intentional, like solo journey of, I want to just dive deep into myself without anybody else's insight for a bit. I don't see that being a thing for more than a couple of days at a time anyways. So, and then when I get back, I want to speak about those kinds of experiences with my coaches. Right. Because they've got such next level insights. So I don't think so, man. Like I, I don't know how I ever lived without mentorship and help from other people. And maybe that's why I was so complacent and didn't get anything done for so long is I didn't have people pulling me up. Right. Or if they were, I didn't notice because I was drinking too much. So <laughs> <laughs> let's, let's kind of move forward a little bit and let's talk about some very specific, you know, your story, you kind of shared a lot of your weight loss story. Does that help you actually make sales doing what you're doing? And how do you use your story as an asset for you in your business right now? Yeah, 100%. It's so helpful because people know that I know what they're going through. Like I've been there. I was a mess. I was depressed. I was not a great husband. I was not a great bandmate or employee. I wasn't good at running my own types of like the band is a business, right? And I was running a, a good portion of that. I wasn't good at any of that because I had low energy and my mental state was crap because the food was dragging me down, the overconsumption, the hangovers, all this stuff. By the way, I know I sound like a complete mess. I'm good now. <laughs> Life is awesome. Just as a, a <laughs> little tell. disclaimer there. Yeah. Um, but because of on a physical level, having the energy, massive game changer. I've got focus. I've got mental clarity. I know what I'm doing. I know how to do it. And I've got the energy to do it with, right? So on a physical energetic level, massive. Plus when you're working on enrolling people, bringing them into your world, the highest energy wins there. If you bring in crap energy, they're not going to want to work with you. Whether it's a product, a service, or, or a coach or whatever you are, you've got to have great energy behind that physically. And plus the discipline benefits of sticking to a routine, sticking to a nutrition plan, sticking to your workouts, that on its own, even if your blueprint for which workouts and which nutrition to follow totally blows, if you can follow that and build that discipline, next level for your business, 110%. If I had tried starting a business, which I kind of did with the, with the band, like it, I was a failure essentially because I didn't, I wasn't able to function effectively or be creative or get things done without the the discipline, without the energy, and without the know-how of going through a journey like that already. Right. Yeah, I, I agree. And I, I think that our stories are what lead us to doing the things that we are really called to do. Mm -hmm. I mean, that's next level when you really can give somebody so much passion because and that they will pay enough because there's so much value there that comes from a true background, a true like road that you had to travel to get you there. So hence the name of the podcast, but, <laughs> um, so a few other questions, like who, who do you listen to? Who's encouraging? Who's, who's like your go-to 
motivator or, um, you know, maybe author or podcaster or something to really kind of get you grow, growing, keep you growing. Yeah. Fantastic question. Cause like, I mean, Scott, as you know, like we've got to brainwash ourselves, that environment dictates the reality. And this was how I got out of where I was, was I was listening to different podcasts and books and reading as much as I could. So from back when I was making that change. So anybody that's working on a health change themselves, obviously I've got a podcast, shameless plug. It's called losing weight. Go listen yeah. to it. It's great. It is. Great. <laughs> Thank you. Uh, but then I went into Dave Asprey. He's the founder of Bulletproof. Some of his podcasts are a little off and woo woo and weird, but the advice that I followed from there, it sure as shit helped. Uh, Tom Bilyeu has impact theory. Fantastic for foundational mindset of success. If you're just starting to build that for the next level foundations for me, where I'm at right now would be um, my coaches, Xander Fryer and Joshua Church. Those two, I religiously listen to because they continually hone my brain into where I want to be. So mm. they are just fantastic. Uh, Travis Chapel, I think has amazing stuff for just building connections and networks. So I listen to him a lot. Les Leslie Thornton. Uh, she's another one in our mastermind. She's got a killer podcast on its weight loss or hypnosis for permanent weight loss, something that nobody's ever heard of. And it's amazing to hear how she uses language and how she approaches the mindset side of things, uh, which is applicable, not just to food, but to business and life in general. So, um, so that's kind of where I'm at right now is those, those few core podcasts. Those are so important to have that energy source. It's like you're plugging yourself in and recharging. So I think I know the answer by how you just answered the last question, but uh, if you had to choose books, audiobooks, podcasts, or conferences. Oh, that's tough. Conferences I haven't been to enough of to really know because everything shut down before I had uh, <laughs> the opportunity to do so, um, for this realm at least. Uh, books are awesome because people have condensed their whole life's wisdom into one thing, but I really love podcasts. Mm -hmm because you can have it on in the background and you're still getting all this wisdom and energy and osmosis uh, just like dripping into you nonstop. And because it's not just the know-how that these people bring, right? Where their books are a lot of the know-how, it's their energy and insights behind it. So you get to learn them and what made them successful in ways that they might not even speak about because you're learning how they think by listening to that person talk so much. Yeah, I find so, I find them fascinating um, and, and extremely, well, they're very valuable. You have to find the right ones, obviously. Yes. And there's a lot of choices. Um, how, how often do you think you listen to podcasts? How many hours a week? Oh, um, always 2x speed, unless I'm going to go to bed soon, at, then it's one and a half. Otherwise, I get too stimulated. Um, all my workouts I do, especially if I'm working out solo, I still want, I want to feel like there's people around me, so I have them on then, so... That's probably six hours a week plus anytime I go for a walk. So a handful more hours plus if I'm eating or driving or I 10 hours of double speed podcast, probably. Yeah. It's a lot of learning opportunity. Yeah. And even if I'm not paying complete attention, your subconscious still has to process that stuff. It's going somewhere. Yeah. So yeah. Ton. All right. So I have a few questions I'm going to wrap this up with, and then I'm going to kind of let you kind of give your plug for your, for your business. Cause I think that's really important, especially if somebody is kind of re resonating with, yeah, I need someone like Rusty, which is a lot of us like, you know, uh, 
I've had a few thoughts going through this interview. Yeah. <laughs> so, um, what one habit or what are some of the habits that you think everyone should do that you do? I'm going to give one that I don't give as often. And I think that the, it, it's just in my brain right now, especially for people working on building confidence. And as so many of us men who, uh, and, and women too, that have been overweight, you don't want to go outside with your shirt off. You know, you're hoping the pool party gets rained out. You don't want to go to those things, Right. The one that I would give that I do almost daily, um, unless we're in a top floor of a hotel room where it's a pain in the ass to get outside, then it kind of falls off sometimes. But just purposely going outside shirtless and barefoot, getting and there's about 40 different benefits to it. This is for guys, obviously. For guys. And I mean, women, wear a sports bra. You're going to be okay. Right. Right. okay. <laughs> <laughs> or go out in your backyard to start with. But there uh, go. going out barefoot, shirtless, no hat, no sunglasses, no sunscreen get outside for a walk. Uh, yeah, your feet are going to hurt the first time you do it if you've never done that, done any barefoot walking, but your feet are made to be barefoot and you're connected to the ground, the earth, which brings all this. Uh, it turns down inflammation massively. And when we turn down inflammation, brain power, energy, weight loss all go up. So there's that part of it. Getting in the sun activates our vitamin D, activates our immune system. When we have that sunlight, then we can produce melatonin to sleep well at night, which then means we can produce serotonin during the day so we can actually be happy the next day as well. Plus, you're going outside shirtless when you don't want to. That's going to break some beliefs. Mm, yeah. It's going to show you that nobody gives a shit. And if they do, it's fuck their them. Problem. <laughs> that's their problem. It's problem. It is. Yeah. Yeah. I think so, that's incredible. So that's I, I uh, you know me about habits and routines like I literally think that that would be kind of a next level thing for me. I think that would be really cool. I, I, I really like that one. I've never heard it before. So challenge, challenge accepted. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> all right, man. Well, tell us about your business, who you work with, um, how you work with them. Yeah. Just give us the 411. Yeah, absolutely. So, I mean, picture your standard, mostly men that we work with. We do work with women as well, but I mean, picture your standard guy that's got the job, the house, the spouse, things look pretty solid, but he's got this excess like weight and it's just sticking on there. And he's done some diets and kind of fell off and back and forth on that. And it's just frustrating, you know, like, why can't I just freaking do this? And plus I'm busy. I don't want to spend all my time learning all this crap. Right. So then imagine he meets uh, this crazy bearded guy that lives in a van and he's got this blueprint for how to quit this endless cycles, what food is really going to, and figure out the individualized plan for what food works for you, which foods don't, why aren't you sleeping well? Why are you stressed out? How do we permanently shift that? What's going on in your mindset and your subconscious that's kept you stuck in this rut for so long? How do we permanently shift that? Right? So that's what we do. And people, I mean, our client Percy in eight weeks just lost 52 pounds. Wild. Wow. Just, I mean, we see, on a regular basis with men, uh, depending on how much weight they have, but we see on a regular basis, 30 to 50 pounds being lost in eight to 12 weeks. And the mindset shift is there. They say, I know I'm never going back. And then I check in with them. I check in with them and our client, Kevin, he's down 90 pounds or more. And I worked with him for 12 weeks at the beginning of 2020. I, I text with him once in a while. And like they, this just works when we have the right blueprint in place and we do the subconscious mindset work to shift the patterns on a foundational level. Mm -hmm. So that's what we do. You can find me at rustyosborne.com if you want to just go in and book a call with me. 
Instagram at the Coach Rusty. That's where we post most of our content. So please feel free to get on there and engage. And we do our best to bring as much inspiration, motivation, and and actual actionable things you can do. And uh, as well as my podcast, Losing Weight, which Scott was just a guest on. It was an awesome podcast. We just released it. So please go check that one out. And uh, yeah, so that's the main places, the podcast, Instagram, or hell, send me an email, shoot me a text, whatever you want, carrier pigeon, if you can yeah. find me. <laughs> that's what I tell people. Like, if you can get a hold of me, do it. I don't care how it is. Here's your ways. That's awesome. So Rusty Osborne, that is, that's amazing. And um, I thank you so much for spending time with me and talking through your journey. It's really pretty fascinating. I appreciate it, Scott. And thank you seriously so much for having me on. Like we talked about, that environment is so critical. Absolutely. So I selfishly want to be on as many podcasts as possible. That's one reason I had you on mine. I was like, I wanted your energy. I wanted to speak with you. So really from the bottom of my heart, thank you for having me on. And uh, if there's anything I can do to help you and support you and your audience, let me know and I'm here every step of the way. Awesome, brother. Thank you. Thank you for listening to the Stories That Sell podcast. If you appreciated the content on the show, be sure to leave a rating and review and subscribe to hear interviews with incredible guests each and every week.